Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. All right, Chris, we're here again, man. Another episode. Uh, real happy to be here with you. Yes. Today, uh, we're talking about triggers and hooks. Triggers and hooks. Um, we can all kind of imply, just based on our experience, what the hell that means. Let me tell you a story. Um, so, your uh, last time I was watching TV, I re recall very vividly seeing a commercial. Uh, and it was uh, it was a scene. It was, they were telling me a story of a young couple who's celebrating the, the new addition to their family, a young child. And um, then the impression of the commentator was, you know, the zoom in on the dad. What are you going to do now? Right. Your responsibilities are growing. And then the impression that I'm left with is don't be a bum. Take care of your family. And the answer is <laughs> buy life insurance. Right. So the trigger event is the the lovely and beautiful and motivating and wonderful uh, addition to the family, the, uh, and that's the, that's the impetus for change. And then the, uh, the why now, why buy life insurance now is because of the increase in risk, the impact of, you know, something terrible happening now is greater. So don't be a bum buy life insurance. Don't you, don't you wish everything that we sold was that easy. <laughs> well, you, yeah. I mean, you think about it and uh, you think about that word trigger and how you'll see it now before a show trigger warning, and it'll tell you something that's going to be in the show. And we've developed this concept that trigger is negative and, oh, I'm triggered by that. But, but trigger is neutral. It can be positive or negative. Uh, that story, such a powerful example of what's positive uh, for me, what hits home about it as you know, Jimmy, but for listeners, the, you know, February, March period was weird because February it's the face cancer diagnosis. And then a few weeks later, you know, what was going to be a quarter sized hole was a nine centimeter oval taken out of my face. And it's crazy and all the experience around that, but it totally freaked me out. And I doubled my life insurance because I was like, oh crap, you know, worse comes to worse my family isn't taken care of at the level that really would sustain them. Um, so I was triggered, you know, and, and then I went out and sought uh, a quick solution that I could trust and believe in. Um, and so, yeah, that story hits home, man. How, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Because when I think about the journey we've taken so far through these episodes, um, when you think about what it means to pay attention to these triggers and hooks, we know so much of what's out there tries to amplify that, right? And make people really afraid. 
how is it not manipulative? How do you do this in a way that you're not gross and manipulative? Yeah, uh, it's a wonderful question. Actually, a debate, uh, not a debate, but a conversation through text with one of my uh, partners about this. He, uh, in, um, in two days, he jammed through all of our, uh, all of our previous episodes. Whoa. Uh, yeah, just to get, just to get caught up, right? Wow. And, uh, can I pause just real quick there? Did he, <laughs> yeah. did he have any critical feedback for me you could say on air or do we need to hear it later or? Uh, it wasn't it, it, surprisingly. It really wasn't about you, man. Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> uh, no, but he. You know what's cool about? I mean, because he's such a curious dude. Um, he came back with lots of questions that we uh, talked about, um, and one of it, one of one of those things came to manipulation. So mm. his his uh, and it, and it wasn't like it wasn't like servant leadership is manipulative, but. The conversation wrapped around, you know, even any tool, no matter how you, no matter, no matter how it was built or why it was built, can be leveraged for evil as well as for good, right? So we kind of started with that conversation, and uh, the so a question really what came to the same thing uh, you came to is well, how do you avoid uh, the servant? You know, how do you avoid applying servant leadership in a way that is evil? How do you avoid mm-hmm applying the wins model in a way that's manipulative or evil. And, um, you know, you can, you can certainly see that if you understand triggers and if the trigger is emotional enough, right, because wants and impacts want plus impact equals value. It makes us the emotional favorite. Can I use a trigger to manipulate somebody to be overly emotional um, and then, of course, leverage a hook to create fear. Aren't you afraid of the impact of not buying? You know, could one do that? And you can't, you can't do that and be manipulative and still be a servant leader. Mm. Why? Because the, the rule of servant leadership is I'm going to serve a shared goal. Mm. We, when you think about buying, right? When we love, people love to buy, they hate being sold same concept. When I love to buy, I'm aligned with the salesperson. When I feel like I'm being sold, I feel like I'm being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Right? So what's the difference? The difference is the shared goal. Am I as a salesperson trying to hit my quota and trying to sell you something that really isn't something that you want or need right now? Because you can feel it when you're being pressured. Where does the energy of the conversation come from? If it's from the salesperson who wants to manipulate you into that new car that you really don't need because it's got more features than are required to achieve your goal, et cetera, you feel it. Mm-hmm. You know it's happening. Uh, and so it's not a shared goal. You're now the victim of the salesperson's goal. Uh, but when you walk into an organization or went into a shop and both of you are conspiring, working together to solve the challenge you bring to the table because uh, that person is ideally aligned with the challenge you bring to the table and well suited to deliver and, and deliver on that challenge, solve that challenge. It's like, wow, what a wonderful experience. You're loving the buying experience. You're not hating the sales experience. So yeah, Does that this, help? totally. And and this is what I think is powerful about transformational knowledge. 
models like the WINS model that map onto your life and yield so much results with great power, they say, comes, you know, great responsibility. So it is something that you can exercise great power with. As you exercise that great power, though, it's built on the foundation of everything we've covered up to this point, who you are as a person walking that shared path to that shared goal that you are then now stepping into this, you know, with that vision of, of servant leadership. I'm not here for what I can get out of it as much as I'm here for what I can give to it. Yes, am I going to get something out of it? Sure. But I am, you know... I'm impacting. I'm I'm doing this in a way that I can be proud of it later. You know, like your so many of your stories about these wake up moments where you were like getting it done, but getting it done in a way that you weren't proud of later. Right, right, and you know, and so that conversation with with my friend, um, we eventually got to the point where you know we were talking about. You know your responsibility as a salesperson your responsibility as a leader mm. and, and so to your point it's all about the why you know and all about the who and then all about the how right so why are you here right who do you want to be and and how do you want to operate how do you want to get there um what you've described is is as a salesperson if you're going to show up as a servant leader and a natural growth multiplier, and we can talk more about that if you like, um, you're going to show up with a with a why that is universal. It's not a why about you in this moment. It's a bigger. It's something bigger. You're in service to something bigger than this mm. transaction. Mm. What could it be? Well, my reputation. Now, are we defined by, our, do we really care what people think about us? I mean, we're not going to be overly focused on what people think of us because we can't really control what people think, but we can uh, control the way we make people feel. Do you, do you care about making people feel loved? Do you, do you care about kind of wrapping your arms around folks and making them feel taken care of? Or do you want to be that guy that is that huckster that doesn't care how you make people feel, or you maybe even relish in creating fear in people and taking their money because it gives you a sense of power. You know, these are definitions, these are decisions we have to make as individuals, as human beings, as we go out into the world and, and, and make our mark. But it starts with the why, why are you there? Are you there to get that new car? Are you there to collect trophies? Are you there to collect pelts or, you know, other derogatory terms that relate to that to that um zero-sum game mm -hmm. or are you there for a bigger picture yeah beautiful this takes me to something i've picked up from you where you know if i think if you're secure in who you are you are that servant leader you're with people and you're going to listen to them not just at them for the, getting your words in and 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 i've done that but but what you know, what's been powerful for me in learning from you on this process is really looking for that strong emotional word or phrase that they use that stands out to you that you can really build questions and conversation around. And, and, and a really cool thing that I've noticed about doing that now is how often that word or phrase they're using 
that emotional center to the conversation is something I resonate with, right? I'm not just picking it out because I resonate with, but it's like, like attracts like who I am as a person. And I'm sitting in these conversations, having these sales conversations. Now they want to do something beautiful in the world. I resonate with how they're describing it. I can authentically mirror the passion and emotion that they have for that. Um, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And again, it's this trigger and hook concept, right? But not just thinking about it negatively uh, as far as like a life event that is negative. It can also be a life event that's positive. And what we opened up with talking about having a baby. Um, If you think through this in beginner pro master and somebody comes to you and says, okay, teach me about hooks and triggers. What are, what are the beginner pro master levels of this? Uh, walk me through a couple of things to do, to pay attention to. Um, what, what do you do when you're, when you're seeing somebody grow in their ability to do this? What's a beginner look like? What's a pro look like? What's a master look like? That's a great one. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's frame this big picture and I'll get down to specifics. I, th- I feel like uh, human beings in general, we tend to pay too much attention to the way to, to the to the way that we feel about the words people use. That may sound weird, but if I if if um, if you and I greet on the street and I say, "Hey, Chris, how you doing?" You say, "Man, I'm doing fantastic." You know, if if I'm going to interpret that in my own way. And and you could say that to 10 different people and all 10 of them could interpret it 10 different ways. Hmm. One person who's really insecure might think, ah, oh, that arrogant schmuck, right? Everybody else is having a shitty time and he's fantastic. Bullshit. Someone else could look at you as just that positive person they can't wait to be around again because you just hmm. make them feel so good and, and so on. As leaders, as parents, as friends, as salespeople, when we get insight and information, we tend to we tend to judge it, define it based on our own worldview and our own experience, and that hurts us because it stops us from being curious. It stops mm-hmm. us, in a more practical sense, from asking deeper questions. So, if you said fantastic, I'd say, "Wow, man, that's." Wonderful. I'm great to hear. Tell me more. Hmm. What's going on inside your life? Like I want to, I want to hear some specifics. You know, I want to go deeper so I truly understand. So at a beginner level, somebody might think of this, you know, triggers and hooks as, okay, great. I meet you. I'm going to go through my, my checklist of to do's. Great. You want to, um, grow your company. Wonderful. Um, what has changed? What was the trigger that prompted this shift for you? And you might just ask a real question, be satisfied with the answer and move on, right? The pro might recognize that there's more detail there, right? Mm. Now the master, so they might go deeper, the pro might go deeper, the master might not be so obvious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The master might know ultimately where they wanna be. They may have asked the question, you know, a 1 million times already and and feel so comfortable that it's rote and make it so conversational that 
the client or the employee, if you're if it's a leader leader uh, relationship, feels um, no pressure, right? Feels totally comfortable and uh, relaxed and vulnerable, and and quickly gets you to uh, the deepest point uh, that they want to get to because you evoke that kind of comfort and um, and uh, desire to be authentic. I love those distinctions. And I, that brings up a question that I'd love to get you to answer on this master level application, because I feel like for myself, I'm, I know that I can show up in a way for most people meeting them the first time, I'm going to help relax them. I'm going to pull them in close. It's going to be a wonderful volley of vulnerability back and forth, not just in oversharing to share, but in a deep connective way. We're relating our way into a shared vision. What do you do to stay at that master level where you're curious, but there's no pressure when it's a really hardcore type A stereotypical aggressive leader, you know, that they, you know, it's just immediate. They're, they're driving intensely and uh, they're wanting you to drive with that same energy back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Um, here's the thing. You cannot be in conflict with the other human being that you're working with, whether you're a leader or whether you're a salesperson. You know, whether the goal is to create a, you know, to solve someone's challenge and sell them something, you know, take money, get money in exchange or just get them to buy into your idea. You can't be in conflict. So right away, if, if you're talking to someone who turns you off, who you just don't want to be around, you're going to have to reassess, you know, why this person's on your team or reassess why the hell you're talking to this person. You know, and typically it's not about them. It's about you. What is it that you bring to the table that makes it impossible for you to feel comfortable with this kind of person? Mm -hmm. Right. And this is really why I start with this idea that I love everyone. I may not like you, but I will. I love you. And how can you do that, James? I get this. People <laughs> argue with me about this all the time. Look, I love everyone and I'm going to treat you like a human being. The more I get to know you, the less I, I may like you. In fact, I may not want you over to my house for dinner. Just because I love you doesn't mean I want you to, you know, break bread with me. Uh, and that's what I mean. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat that, that you know, aggressive, dominant personality with a non-judgment from a non-judgmental point of view. This perspective of love. This is a human being. This human, this human being. No matter what society might say about them, no matter what impression they're trying to make on me is fraught with insecurity. They have goals, they have desires, they have challenges. So let's look at them as a human being. Yeah. No better, no worse than me. Yeah. No judgment. Now relax into the moment. And how do you relax into the moment as a leader, or as a salesperson? You have, I know you write a lot about this, but when you relax into the moment, by opening up your curiosity. Too many of us feel like we have to have answers in these moments and know exactly how to go. What if you just kind of let go, relaxed, and showed up with some questions? Yeah, 
That's awesome. Well, and that is, for me, the, the biggest thing that I've seen, and I think this is going to take us to a deep insight for people listening on what it reveals in them, what you were just saying. Um, when I'm with somebody that like I don't like initially uh, in a moment, and that doesn't happen very often now, but mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to, okay, why don't I like them? You know, and, and at a foundational level, I don't want to do business with people that I don't like. Um, if it is a well-founded, like, you know, there's some red flags, there's going to be some issues, which is what we're rooting out through this process, um, y- you know, that's a whole other thing, I feel like. But when you're with somebody and you're diving into these issues and something in you is flashing up, it's paying attention to, okay, yeah, why don't I like them? Am I feeling uh, something that is feeling threatened in me. I'm feeling insecure about that. I'm feeling like I've got to have answers. I feel like I got to match their intensity, whatever it all that is. And if I can pause and be calm and ask questions and be curious, then I'm comfortable with their intensity, not having to match it. And then what naturally happens is I end up setting the pacing for that relationship. And if they're getting frustrated, you know, or agitated, I can speak right to that emotion and ask a question about it. And then I find out, is this a gross leader who's super insecure or is this just an operating mode or style that is something about how they show up in the world? And those distinctions help me do business with people that uh, I'm going to like as we relate our way into a healthier connection versus people that I need to avoid. Um, But what's powerful is we could flip this back for people. Where are you getting triggered shows the growth that you need to experience for yourself right. as a sales leader because you're so worried about blank, you know, the pressure that you feel internally, you're actually the one getting triggered, <laughs> hooked right. into behaving a certain way. And then to use the wins model, you're not leading, right? Yeah. And, you know, so I would ask a question like, you know, when someone comes to me and says, when my kids come to me and complain about a teacher or whatever, it's like, what, what does it say about you yeah. that you came to this conclusion about that human being? Yeah. This. Right? Why, why, why do you need to have to not like or not like this person within five minutes? Yeah. What is that about? What, what, are you, what need are you serving? You know, so it's like, okay, what if I, what if I got rid of the barrier, Chris? What if I got rid of that barrier, that like dislike barrier, and just kind of like relaxed into it and flowed? What would end up happening? What would end up happening is you would be compelled to learn more about that person. What now? The why is the why behind the interaction now isn't you and your selfish desire to judge this person, decide are they in or out. It's about the why is now about them. The easiest way to de- to defuse a challenging relationship, somebody who might, if you're a salesperson, might be uh, triggered because you're you're a salesperson. I'm going to be as defensive as I can be to put you off, so I don't have to deal with you. I really don't want. But as soon as you start making it about them, and the why behind your questions and interaction is this desire to learn more about what they want, right, and what's impacting their organization, their life, and what might be missing for them the walls come down. Yeah. It's the why behind your interaction. 
Dude, this this is so powerful. Yeah. So if I'm not getting triggered, I'm staying curious. I can listen to them. And I think this is the most powerful thing about this triggers and hooks thing that you're saying. It's not our responsibility to create the trigger and hook. It's to discover it, to dig it out, to explore it. It's the curiosity. Gross forced sales and marketing, right? has to create the trigger and hook. Real relationships surface it, discover it, right? Right, right, right. So so go back to think about the WINS model as the four agreements. It really is helpful to think about it that way. You know, as a leader or as a salesperson, your job is to come to an agreement as to what are the reasons for change? What are the wants? that we are going to focus on today if you if you can work with that real aggressive leader who maybe intimidates you um but if you're focused on the stuff that they think is most important for them and you're in agreement okay so we're in agreement here the things that are most important to you are these five or seven things yeah okay so we won't we you know we've got 10 minutes left in our conversation what would be the highest priorities for you right now Mm. Right. And you identify the highest, but then you go into, okay, great. What's the impact of success or failure? What's blocking you, et cetera. Now, if you don't get to it all, fine. But the point is that, you know, there's just no better way, man, to, to create a relationship or a connection mm-hmm. than with this focus. And there's no easier way than to deal with your own insecurities and fears, your own need to judge so you can relax into the conversation and be open. Now, the more open you are, the more curious, Chris. And the better mm-hmm. your questions. Mm-hmm. And instead of just saying, look, instead of just asking discovery questions, we can start provoking. So what's your vision for the organization? You know, and then that's a discovery question, a provocative question. You know, we see a lot of trending in the industry in this direction. Have you thought about that in your company? Provocative, right? Think, helping them think bigger. Why, why not? And now we discover, well, I'm insecure. I'm afraid I don't know how to get there. Okay, well, if you knew how to get there, would it be something you'd want to focus on? Absolutely, 100%. Mm, I, love, um, I love that. I love the way that we broke down in an earlier episode these different st- types of questions to surface that curiosity, to get to those triggers and hooks. So if people haven't heard that, they need to go back because you know it's, it's so powerful when you get into those assumptions and you ask... Uh, a company, this I'm thinking of this last week, they were just convinced to get financing. They had to give up equity. Sometimes you do. But I was like, well, what if you didn't? Is there another way? And, you know, it opened up this crazy cool conversation. So what we're, what, this has taken me to something I saw last night. Uh, as you know, I'm watching the show Succession and uh, this, they bring in this therapist to work with the family because they're so messed up. And I, I, jury's out on the therapist as far as like, he's, he was kind of a goober in that episode, so we'll see what happens. But he did start off solid. And I wondered if he had studied the wins model <laughs> because he started off and he said, why are we here today? And he did not falsely carry the pressure to generate the momentum of the moment. He was ready to discover what would create the momentum. Yeah, yeah I, think that, I, I think that's the that's the most it's hard to pick one thing, but I think it's the most beautiful component for any leader of 
the concept of servant leadership and the concept of the wins model is that you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to be the most prepared. Um, and, and it's, it's actually what you're doing here, Chris, is you're actually, um, you know, a great leadership con concept is this idea of delegating. <laughs> you know, the number one, what's the biggest problem? I mean, what, you what you just said is I don't have to be the person that assumes responsibility for all the energy required in this relationship. I can actually delegate responsibility for that energy to somebody else. So you can do that with direct reports in the context of a team. You can also do that in the context of a sales conversation. And what's beautiful about it is the other person that you delegate that responsibility to, if they're really engaged, really curious, and they really have a challenge they want to address, uh, they're going to welcome it. They're not going to reject it. Mm. And it's mm. going to make them strong. I, there's a, there's something I want to highlight at the master level here. It's taking my mind to a, a leadership lesson we have in one of our courses uh, where it's like slippery like a seal and uh, something like a wizard, you know, because it's, it's this idea that things shouldn't stick to you as the leader. You're continually flipping it back and finding the volley back you're putting the ball back to them uh or or the wizard thing it's from lord of the rings where he's like you're late gandalf he's like a wizard's never late uh you're moving <laughs> on your own vision there i don't mean that to be that you're insensitive to customers or clients but here's the idea if it's if it's true that uh it's not my job to create the momentum it's not my job to build the trigger the hook but it's to discover it i think there's an advanced application here that I see people miss out on, want to see what you think about in applying it specifically to sales. There are people that have that ability to not feel, it's like there's, there's extremes. On one extreme, people feel the pressure to carry every moment. Is everybody happy? Is there momentum? There's the other extreme where, where people are almost too lackadaisical. And so when that moment shows up, they don't go in on it. They don't lean into it. They don't, dive in um and yeah what what how do you walk training somebody in the advanced levels of the application of the wins model when that trigger hook shows up to not miss it but to lean in it to explore it to amplify it yeah i mean it's it's interesting you know um we have a uh, we have a survey that we use i'm just trying to think of a good example we have a survey that we use to help folks think about it's called the sales asset inventory right and the first question is is you know what which best describes your ultimate reason or reasons for change so what's really interesting is you start if you start thinking about the triggers the events the circumstances and events that drive one of your best customers, right? We would call them an always customer or an always buyer, but go back and think about any customer that you have that you would love to repeat or replicate, right? What was the, what was the reason that they pursued change, right? What was that, what was the trigger that prompted it? And what was their, um, you know, and, and what did it mean to them? You know, it's really interesting because there, there's probably a very strong diversity among your best customers that, and many of those pr are probably things that you would never think of, 
Mm. Right. So like when people come to us and talk about, um, you know, investing in a predictable <laughs> growth curve, right. Or driving predictable sales. Um, you know, one of the answers here is that we want to be the best. Well, that resonates with me, right? Uh, uh, any kind of like athlete or highly competitive person wants to be the best. Okay. So we're investing because we just want to get better. What's the limit of our potential? The, the next one here is I care about my people realizing their full potential. Oh, so you're willing to invest in your business, not just to drive growth for your company, because but, but because you want to invest in the people working for you and help them become all that they can be. That's wild. You know, that's a, that's a different, that's a different um, desire than not every kind of like traditional uh, growth oriented entrepreneur thinks about. But today it's very, it's very positive. There could be a crisis that they're facing, right? Ah, wow. I didn't, you know, it's something maybe I didn't think about. Maybe they're responding to something very negative that occurred. This makes sense to me because I've, and I've shared this with, with you, Chris, I've had clients who need to drive growth because they want to increase the value of their company because they need to sell that company because why? Their wife or their spouse has cancer and they need to be there to take care of them. Mm -hmm. You know, a amazing stuff. Uh, I want to accept, accelerate the value of my business. You know, so there's all kinds of things. So the best thing you can do um, to make sure that you, can operate this master level is 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 exercise your curiosity. You know, resist this desire to plug everybody into an assumption that you come to the table with. And if you're young in sales, if you're if you're yes than less than ten years, you don't know it all, man. You don't know all the reasons why somebody would buy from you. Open up your mind. Be willing to be surprised. Be willing to be wrong. And, yeah. and expand your experience set. And that's going to give you the energy that you need to be curious, but it's also going to you know, make you, it's going to elevate you to that master level. It's going to be that individual who uh, can be identify, can identify with any number of people that you might run into. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing that I've seen people get stuck in, in the pro to master transition is they, at the beginner level, like you said, they're, they think they know it all. I've been there. Holy cow, so many mistakes. At the pro level, you're getting those reps in, but you don't yet have the fresh, courageous pattern recognition. At the master level, you're still curious, but your pattern recognition is so much more advanced because you've got so much more, so many more terrains you've been on, so many more circumstances you've been through. And that to me is really exciting. And so for, I think for people that are early on listening to this, like, just absorb all the at-bat experiences you can get. You know, at 43, the reason I can talk about leadership, it, you know, the way that I can, because I've lived multiple lifetimes. I've, you know, so many crazy stories and failed and whatever. Could have built different careers out of different things. And so staying curious, man, the triggers and the hooks. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. And at that master level, Chris, you know, you're just an example for listeners, you know, have you ever been talking to an employee or talking to a customer and you tried finish finishing their sentence? Hmm. And they said, no, no, not that, this. So I like, did <laughs> evidence, man, evidence that you are not as smart as you think you are. Yeah. And so the pro might, the pro might state that, 
and be open to being wrong. But the master isn't going to do that. The master is going to is going to pose it with a question. Oh, do you do you are you saying that this is true for you? No, no, I'm saying this is true for me. You're going to ask the question. You're going to recognize that your assumptions may or may not be true. And you're going to you're going to give that person that you're talking to the respect of a question and not a statement. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes you look like you're not listening or that you don't care about the truth. You wanted to be you wanted to be right in that moment. You made the statement so you could impress that person with how smart you are. Yeah. So sometimes I've done it to sh to help them feel really known and you still strike out. I, I probably have done that with you before. And and I like trying to show that like I know I want you to feel known, seen, feel and heard. But yeah, you do strike out and not good. So especially in those situations. No assuming. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful uh, training today. All right, man. It was a great, great chat with you. Thanks for uh, spending the time with me. I look forward to the next time. Heck yeah. Peace out. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com. F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace.